<laughs> All right, y'all. What up? Welcome to the Flush Hour podcast. It's your boy Matt Kang. I'm with my dog, Christian, Christian Heavens. What's up, y'all? Yeah. Um, we decided to to do something new for for our journeys as golfers, and we wanted to talk about many different things, the culture of the game, and um, you know, Christian and I have been friends for for 12 years. So yeah. Um, here we are now, man. Man, they ain't long, what, 13, 12, 13 years, but oh yeah, here we are, man. You know, we're bringing together golf, everything that we like and a lot of people like. Uh, we're bringing in golf, fashion, culture, topics in a different way. You already see how we are. Like, we're different than what you'll see in most other podcasts. But uh, And that's really how our delivery is going to be, too, to our, um, most of the golf world. So I'm excited to get it going. Let's man. get right into it, man. Let's get right into shit. it. Talk right. Uh, well, sh- speaking of talking shit, I talked a lot of shit yesterday with uh, my folks winning these bets on the Super Bowl. Uh, you came up yesterday or what? Came up heavy, dog. So I bet on the, the Chiefs, man. First, forget that. But first, I had I went to Waste Management. I heard that shit flopped. Yeah, let's. We, yeah, we'll get to that. That that was actually pretty bad, and it's been like in text messages and Twitter and everything, or X, I guess is the word now, mm-hmm. um, about just how bad it was and a debacle it was. But we'll, we'll get to that, man. Uh, but yeah, Super Bowl, I mean, shoot, I, I bet my money on the Chiefs. Did you have any stake in the game? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not really a big football guy. You ain't it. I'm a big Usher fan. Usher. So I had my shirt off dancing in my living room. <laughs> you was up there. Usher and did it, dog. All that, all that stuff last night. I've been doing it since he was a kid. That's my one of my idols, man. He's one of the goats, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. really—it's crazy. I don't even have cable at my home. Really, I paid for for YouTube TV for the halftime show, and I canceled that subscription right when it ended. This man, I'm not uh, trying to. Did you that. go to the residency? Uh, for what? Usher in Vegas when he no, was no, in Vegas. I wish that was too. Dude, I was so mad when I finally was about to pull the trigger on it. Uh, he had like two more episodes or two oh, more no. uh, shows left, so I didn't really do it. But no, I wish. But you was out there, so what what happened with you out there in Vegas? Yeah, so I, I had an event on Monday with the Finau family, and then I was supposed to stay in Scottsdale all week, where I got a call on Tuesday to pull Which up. I'm mad about, because we were supposed to be turned up. I know, we supposed to go out there. The waste management, but okay. The weather was shit anyways. Yeah, you're right. I got a call to go to Vegas. I got invited to a Rock Nation party. I got an opportunity to also connect with some really cool people that I haven't met yet. Right. So I went to Vegas on Wednesday to Friday. Um... Got to golf with my dog, Will, and DJ Franny, uh, a legendary Bay Area DJ. Now, where will people know DJ Franny from? Like, they... So he's in that Drake song, The Motto, um, and he's in that bar, Me Franny Marley Mall at the Cribbo. And Franny is a legendary Bay Area DJ that moved to Vegas, um, and he's just a crazy COVID golfer. Like, all these friends that I'm uh, making recently, they're creatives and artists in their own ways, and they're heavily in the golf and somehow we've been able to connect and bring all these worlds together so he picked me up we went to the studio we hit some balls played a little tournament the next day um we went out to his his um his residency in the palms which was crazy i, we, I ran into jr smith the homie yeah you know. case was performing which oh like, that's what that was I saw yeah that. for all you 90s and 80s babies like case is a goat right and then um, it was cool for me because that was one of the best curations of music I've ever heard in my life at a club. Yeah, yeah. And then he jumped on the mic and he started playing some Toronto shit because I'm from Toronto. Right. And he was like, he started screaming out, yo, I'll put 20 bands on Matt Kang if anybody wants to play him. And I'm sitting there like, yo, I waited my whole <laughs> life to get a shout out like this, you know? <laughs> I ain't got the money. Right. But he, uh, he said that. He was just like, I'll give everybody nine strokes. 
Dang. So we were in the that club having crazy. fun. You think you would have been able to handle that? Twenty bands is a lot of money to put on. Put that pressure on, cause. But I think I, I think I'll be, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Um. But it, you was at the the studio too. That was the Jabberwockies. Yeah. So they the play homies, or not? The homies are the, like they're the owners and members of the Jabberwockies, and they had a little golf tournament. They play golf. The yeah, Jabberwockies. Serious, bro. For real? These dudes play every day. Really? These dudes work all night, go to the golf course at seven a.m. And um, so we had a little tournament. We didn't win, which sucked. Um, I was a little bit hungover, unfortunately. That's the thing. Um, and then at the in the evening, we went to uh, this Rock Nation party. And then we went to another party in an undisclosed location, and it was wild, man. Everybody was out there. Like Future and Metro Boomin were there. I saw Memphis Bleak, which yeah. like, you know, Jay Z's my goat. So right. to see like one of his artists finally face to face was kind of crazy for me to see. Dang. So I was supposed to stay the whole weekend, but um, you know, I had a baby recently, and I just felt well, Zane. Shout out Zane. Shout out my dog Zane. The the prince. Exactly. Um. And I just felt it was time to just come back home. You know, I didn't yeah. need to be there too long. So we came home, and, and now we're here. Dang, man, that's crazy. All, like, all the people that you met through the game of golf, uh, like J.R. Smith, people, some people might know, like, he loves the game of golf. I didn't know the Jabberwockies play golf. Crazy. Matt, you were part of the shoot, introdu introducing some of, like, the top names to the game of golf, like, yeah. especially A-list, especially in this area, too. Yeah. Um, One of the bigger ones, right, we had, you gave Drake some clubs, you got uh, KD cool. some clubs. One would call me an influencer. Yeah, you influencing them to the game of golf. That's so, that's about it, man. Yeah, man. I'm I'm really lucky. Like we live in a world where, as us pro golfers, we've had to evolve. Right. Uh, we're both perfect examples. Like we both do many different things other than just play. Right. Yeah. And when I started using social media and using the skills that I've obtained in my life, things really started coming together for me. And I was able to play with, you know, some of the coolest people in the world. And I'm so grateful. And um, now I'm at a point now where I'm like, I know what I've done. I know who I've introduced to the game. And now how can I bring these worlds together where we can all share and have opportunities to have conversations and hopefully business in the future? Right, right. Yeah, I think that's definitely the opportunity and space or thing that's missing in the game of golf, right? Where there's a role for growth. There's role for opportunities to connect certain people here and there and touch um, different communities and just bring them together. And uh, that's part of what this podcast is about too, right? Bringing mm -hmm. up the, an Asian dude and a black dude, one from Canada. Not many of us. For me, yeah. One from Canada, me from St. Louis. Um, shoot, we met in Florida. Florida, in Daytona, Daytona Beach. Daytona Beach in the golf course, just on the range, chilling, talking, talking shit, which is what you find out that he ends up doing the best. That's all I do, man. But, yeah. <laughs> so it's good though, man. And shoot, I was up there. So like last year, it was dope in, in Scottsdale because we had both, you know, the Super Bowl and the Waste Management. Mm -hmm. That was a crazy time. I didn't get a chance to go up to um, the Super Bowl the, this year at all, but I was at Waste Management Sunday. And uh, Sunday was cool. Sunday was a little more subdued. Sunday's more my vibe. Um, maybe I'm getting old, too, by saying this. Hell, yeah, you're getting old. Yeah, well, I mean, ain't nobody getting fucking younger, but um, they got to reel that shit in. It's getting out of control. Saturday... It was, I mean, they stopped selling drinks about two o'clock. The players are starting to cuss out, like, or be mad at the the spectators. Yeah. It's just not about them at all. Um, people, some lady fell off the, what the, in stands on seventeen man. or sixteen and stuff too. So Tough times. I don't know. I don't know how they gonna reel that back in, or does it need to be reeled in? They just need to embrace it. I just think like, 
when you create so much hype over an event <clears throat> and you under deliver yeah that's like a big thing that's like the world we live in right like so what you say under like the the golf i mean like this name? year's event that was supposed to be so big and all these players were supposed to show up and all these uh you know off the course events were happening and right like you 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 sell all these tickets and then all of a sudden it's just like on saturday i had motherfucking friends that couldn't even get in that bought vip greens keeper keeper passes yeah they gotta figure out and get my so, money back because them tickets was going up there dog i know dude rack. i know a guy that he bought it off ebay or something or whatever facebook marketplace for about 700 the day before Crazy. couldn't even get in like yeah. somebody had to run me my money facts bro and that's the thing is like you look at the leaderboard too right like the the it's inevitable to say that the tours fields have weakened because of what's because of the live tour right yeah and it's yeah just like there's a ripple effect from the players to the attendants, to the sponsors, to the events, and everything's been overhyped, and it's just like you're hearing all these people say, yo, we couldn't get in, we couldn't drink. You know, it just wasn't as entertaining as it used to be, and, like, it was great that there was a playoff. I think Nick Taylor won. Nick, yeah, it was Nick Taylor and Charlie uh, Hoffman, who I called Charlie Hoffman 4-1 to one when he was on number 10, so I put about 50 on him. Then I chickened out whenever uh, – your money don't make no money. Well, no, I did right. Hey, no, I told you I took W's yesterday. When Nick Taylor was on 18 and he hit it in the rough um, off the tee shot, I just I took my money. I cashed out, but I cashed out on like three to one odds. Damn. So I made some good money, and then I put it on Nick Taylor, and Nick Taylor ended up winning in the so, play. So you're saying lunch is on you today? No, 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 not, not on us. But, not for us. But Yeah, man, I, was think, nice. I think it's just like – it's cool what's going on in the golf space. There's so many moving parts. It's just, I don't know, man. You look at that leaderboard, it really wasn't that interesting. Some of the big, Rory wasn't there. Tony no. Vinal didn't play. And, like, the branding of the tour is just not what it used to be. Yeah. And I think we're seeing that ripple effect into the audience and now to these, like, other events. You obviously had that good, good event, which was crazy. Everybody yeah. was there. And that's something that sparked our conversation of, like, Yo, man, like, where are the people like us fitting into this situation? Well, that good, good event marked a significant shift in my line of thinking with the influencers in the game of golf. Like, I I post stuff where for years uh, as far as, like, my journey on tour, um, as far as giving golf tips with music and making them funny, which now everybody's doing it. They're getting hundreds of thousands of followers off of it. They're getting money off of it now and when somebody would say that i was an influencer like i would fucking cringe off of that like no i'm a professional golfer like i ain't trying to do that stuff for real like yeah, yeah, yeah. professional golfers i saw that influencer dog right <laughs> like what is you talking about so like as a professional golfer we're like no we actually do this like we we're actually golfers we're not about that like not, we don't care about the the, the likes and things like that we're yeah, trying yeah, to get money yeah. right and just seeing, especially in golf too, when you're seeing like you work so hard to be good at this sport, you're trying to get to a certain level, and then at this level, the rewards are fame and um, some fortune, and you get opportunities to go this way, sponsorships and things like that. And you see somebody that doesn't have half the skill at the game of golf that you do. It, it's basically like watching an NBA. I'm not sure if there are, but there are like influencers just because they look good. Um, like girls or whatever, and they're just shooting air balls, but they get 300,000 likes or something like that, Yeah, a million followers. I don't see that in other sports, but I see it in golf, and I didn't I didn't like that, right? But now I'm starting to appreciate more 
especially out here in Scottsdale, because there's a lot of them out here. And I'm getting to know a lot, a lot of them. And they're actually, like, really good people. They they love the game of golf. And I think what they're doing is they're bringing more of um, relate, relatability to the game of golf. Yeah, the average person that plays golf sucks. Yeah, but, god dang, like, what the hell, like, what? That's the thing, but the, but the other side of that is where I always talk a lot of shit is that, like, they might be relatable now, but in two to three years when your audience is practicing and playing every day, they're going to get better than you. Yeah. So then what happens next? They're not going to watch. You think that matters? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the good thing shift in it. The 100% that matters crazy. because if you look at, like, their numbers now compared to where it was, like, three years ago, it was way higher three, four years ago. You think so? Uh-huh. Nah, I don't think so. Oh, first of all, I don't think the old white men care about some little girl, what she shoots. They liking it. They double tapping that picture. Facts. They double tapping. Do- not not double tapping on me. Yeah. That's <laughs> for them. Well, you better get to, I don't know what you better get to say. No, but I think, I think like, there's been so many changes in the game. And, like, even for me, right? Like, a lot of people make fun of me and they call me an influencer. And I never really cared because yeah. I'm like, that word means I have influence on a specific individual right right. whether it's for the mass or it's for one person i don't really give a fuck yeah yeah. and we live in a world where everybody caters to the mass right. and that's the thing with what they did is they they catered i i had this conversation actually like two days ago with the homie and i was like influencers push product essentially you look at like the biggest ones they have a golf brand they have a clothing brand they have x y and z in their titles and they're pushing these products my influence is not to push uh, product it's to introduce you to specific things that i enjoy whether i'm being i'm not even being paid for these things yet right. maybe my dumb ass is stupid because i should be yeah, yeah but i like to introduce and educate people on the things that i like which is specific custom clubs or specific clothes or a specific look of how i wear clothes to an audience that supports me and if you fuck with it you fuck with it if you don't i don't really care but right, right. um there is a fine line of like finding a balance between the two. And for me, I found a little little lane for me where I'm able to like educate people on specific brands. Yeah. And specific looks. And I'm kind of just running away with it. Yeah, that's interesting, man. Cause I do watch like a lot of these influences and wonder like what are they trying to influence people into doing? Um, I feel like for me, my whole message, even with just talking to kids and outside of IG, like I spend a lot of time talking to kids. I do clinics and things like that. But what you're going to get from my page and what I do is just I'm influencing people just to chase their dreams, just chase their heart, you know, 100%. pursue a passion. You got the right to pursue your passion, whether it's golf, basketball, and it's going to show you the route that it takes to get there. It's, you're going to fail a couple of times. You're going to have some road, some more than a some, couple of times. A lot of times you're going to, um, have some detours and you know just but if you do stick to your heart and you kind of chase whatever so that's why I, like my page is more i don't know just more me personally it's not just one niche no i think your shit is more me. motivational but it's like a journey of what you know we're just two normal kids from different cities in this world chasing our dreams to become the best golfer in the world right and i think for you it shows you'll do anything it takes to become what you always wanted to become right you'll go anywhere you'll work take care of your family you'll coach you'll give back and i think that's the hard part though is that like you're presenting an image that is so real and you're not pushing an actual product product other than yourself right and that's where it's hard to compete with like 
an influencer that just pushes. Like you look at an average influencer's page, there's a fucking rangefinder, a driver, a fucking shirt. Right. That they're the top three things. Right. You go to your shit. It's probably you playing, you doing something funny on the course. And you probably giving back. No, no, it's all golf. And it, it, definitely if there's something with kids in there. And it, with me too, though, like, even if I don't, like, obviously I'm working hard to get to a certain level. But, and now, if I don't make it to the PGA Tour, I just know that me chasing it right now is going to put me in a spot that I need to be, like, or in a good spot or give me an opportunity. Yeah, you don't know what's going So it's like that shoot for the moon and you just, if you don't get there, you land, you're still up there with the stars. You don't know what's going to come out of it. Right, right. I, I was late to this social media game. I hate social media. I hated it my entire life. I never had Facebook. I don't have a Twitter. Yeah. I never had Snapchat. Yeah. Got in trouble for it once and I was like, I'm done. Yeah, Snapchat <laughs> will get you in trouble, good. Hell yeah. <laughs> but um, but then like a year and a half ago, I embraced it, you know? And yeah, like you I created this little niche, little movement for me right. that I enjoy. Right. And that's the hard thing to, to talk about with people is that they're like, yo, you're not popping enough. You're not doing this. I'm like, I don't give a fuck, bro. This is for me. Yeah. It's my page. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. Where like again, like your 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 product is exactly your journey. My journey are is more so. Obviously, I'm still playing pro golf. I'm gonna be playing in Japan this summer. But like, right. it's my interests, right? Which is people, clothing, um, but not clothing where I'm selling you a product. But like the way I like to dress, right? And being creative and talking shit. And that's kind of what you see on my shit every day. You see me on my page talking mad crazy about specific things yeah, yeah not as much as before because i've gotten a lot of trouble right right but um that's kind of what i do man and i think that's the beauty of this is that we've been able to form our own little lane and um be who we want to be yeah i feel like and you talked about too like a year ago you started embrace it and that's when i go back to my appreciation more of an appreciation towards good good the influencers nowadays because i try i have moments where i try to embrace it I can't watch that out of hard work. I tried to watch that shit yesterday. For oh, I watched. I tried to prepare. I, I watched a little bit of it. It was missing. It was definitely missing. There was way too many ankle jogger. It, oh yeah, chokers there that I seen and I just couldn't watch. I had to turn it off. No offense. Why not for fashion forward like you yet? Oh yeah, and I get it. That shit just ain't for me. Yeah. Like, I'd rather watch. This was this all is on the PJ tour anyway. Unless you I don't watch golf. watch Jason Day. Oh, well, yeah. I don't watch golf. I don't talk golf really. Unless I'm with like you, yeah, and that's just me, right? Like right. I love to play and I love to be around the game, but once I'm off the course, I don't want to pay attention to it. Now, why is it? Because it's not interesting to me. I like I like looking at fashion shows, and I know that sounds crazy and kind of douchey, but like I like studying the culture of the things that I grew up on. And you know, like yesterday's a perfect example. I watched Usher Super Bowl, and then I like went down a rabbit hole and I just watched all his videos on YouTube for the next hour and a half like a weirdo. Yeah, you're right. Weirdo is one of the words. I don't know, man. I just, like, I, I grew up playing hockey. I grew up doing different things. And especially with the product that we're given right now, it's just not interesting to me. So me as somebody talking about, like, wanting to influence people to pursue their passions, and I, but I think golf helps them get into, like, enhance their dreams or whatever it may be. Um, what would make somebody like you watch more golf? To see more authentic product placement and personalities, and I think that's the beauty of like what you're like what you're talking about. Seeing these influencers in that tournament you were at the other day, you're hearing them talk, you're hearing their communication with their audience. But like on tour, 
The only time I ever heard Billy Horschel talk yesterday, two days ago, was when he told a yeah, he's cussing fan like to fuck off because they were talking in his backswing. So, like, no one cares to see that. That might go viral because he's being a prick, but, like, that's not. By the way, shout out to Billy Horschel. You can't do nothing wrong for me. Uh, to me. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Horschel. Pay. That's a shameless plug. Yeah, shout out to Billy Horschel. But, it's, but uh, that's, the, that's the problem, right? Is, like, it's such a protected media platform that, like, you don't have relationships with these people personally. And then you go to the other side of the live tour and, like, Bryson and all these guys embraced YouTube and Instagram. Yeah. And whether they get the views compared to the PGA Tour or not, they're damn near getting all the fucking players. Yeah, that's crazy out there. And all of them. And that's kind of like what everybody's done is like they've figured out a way to have engagement and like communication with their audience. And I think that's like what I've focused on where one day you'll see me, you know, I was in Turks golfing with, with Drake and those guys. And then the next day I had a range event in Arizona and we were giving back to 70 kids. And then the next day after that, I'm doing a clothing collab. So every day I'm trying to show like I'm doing something different, you know, the right. eyes of like a hustler. Yeah. And, um, you know, whether, again, I just do what I can to try to be as original as I can be. And if doors open up, they open up. If they don't, oh, we got a job. So Liv is taking all the, the fucking. They got all the talent. Uh, DJ, just the leaderboard is amazing. So, yeah, I still don't, I can't get with the watching it right now. It's still kind of weird. Nobody's out there. But um, I need, the one thing I want to see, I think, I want to see three out of the four majors go to a live player. I think they I think will. that'll shake up the whole world. That's inevitable. You think it's, so? Bro, they got Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Cameron Smith, and John Rom. I know, but they ain't got the numbers. They do got the best players, but Those the percentages. Players. Ain't nobody ain't nobody competing. And no fools don't you, do you so you don't think that like them not playing four days, I guess that's not a fact. It don't matter. They're getting, don't matter. They're getting rest. <laughs> what majors you think all right, well, how you think the majors are gonna go? Masters, what? Like who's gonna win? Yeah. I definitely see or which which majors do you best see, like, the live players? I mean, I think, obviously, like, the British Open. British like, Open, U.S. Open, Masters. I mean, you got the best. Look at the last three years. You got John Rums won the Masters. Brooks Kepka won the PGA. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cameron Smith won the British Open. Yeah, he did. Um, so the last three, PGA. what's the what's the other, what am I missing? British. The PGA. I don't even know who won that. Pretty sure it was Cameron Smith or Scotty Scheffler. I don't know, one of those. It's two. probably Scotty. So they got one. Yeah, I guess it was. So they got most of the they got most of the W's, man. Again, and that's me. I don't really watch that much golf. Right, I'm trying to look up something that shows like their match play, like what a potential match play will look like between Leo versus PGA. That's where it's gonna come to. It's obvious, obvious, right? I think it's gonna be like just same way that like Brooks and Bryson was beefing, right? Yeah. They started that beef and then they decided to monetize it and capitalize off of it and start a match, right? Like that's I can I'm going to that. I'm going to, hey, matter of fact, I was going to be in Vegas if Anthony Kim played. Uh, I think he's playing in the, the one in yeah. overseas. I don't, I don't know where they're exactly playing. Somewhere, but. I, I heard that boy got $125 million for three years. Really? Do you know what his uh, insurance policy was? Yeah, it was, like, it was uh, $10 million. A year or something? Or? No, it was like lifetime, but like he wasn't going to make $10 million playing. Not back then. Not back then. But now he probably would. I don't know. He's about to make $100 million. Dang. Come I need some of that money, bro. Can't wait to see that. Um, what else you want to talk about, man? What What else uh, has been on your mind? All right, let's see. You did the event with Gibber, right? Yeah, you know, at the Phenals, and it was funny because I saw you out there, whirlwind, and I was thinking about 
I'm trying to get out there and join and, you know, find a place to practice. Um, but I saw you out there with the sniper gang, which we'll talk about a little bit more. Um, out there, would you you had like some type of t-shirt on and what like some slacks or something? Yeah, I just dressed like sniper you, man. I was dressing like yeah, man. Like... That was that was really cool for me because I've always been I've been doing these range events for for six months now. Yeah, and to finally have like backing from a big foundation and like a big time athlete on tour to support was huge for me. Right, that just adds to my resume and that'll open up tons of doors for me. But um, yeah, man, I did it because I wanted to work an event during this week. Um, kind of crazy. I had a, I had meetings with some some big companies over the last month about hosting an event out here, and then the end the end result turned into them asking me to do shit for free. Right. Which is for some reason in the golf space, people with all these budgets always want to do shit for free, which is fucking crazy. Is is the loot like messing it up? So I was like, all right, I'm not doing shit for free, but I'm also gonna do it with people that are aligned. And opportunity came to work with them. They asked me to host the range clinic at the end. We had. 150 people on the range give or take right um and then i obviously invited the sniper gang to pull up because again that's an opportunity to introduce 17 to 21 year olds to some of their favorite golfers right we obviously got to meet tony at the end the next day we went to the cobra event i brought oliver and santi their favorite golfers ricky fowler so they got to meet ricky after yeah, yeah. so that's the point of all this is to be able to connect these young boys with some of their idols and introduce them and give them experiences at a young age so that by the time they're our age, they're not missing out. Right. You know? right. Like we've missed out on a lot of shit because we've had to do shit on our own our entire careers. Thanks. So if we could help these young boys succeed and do it in a genuine way, you know, that's we're all winning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then with that, where I was going too, like the sniper game, I see, we'll probably post some of the pictures or you could check it out on Matt's page, yeah. on Instagram page. But they came dressed as like comfortable, like dressed as they are. I don't, did you have a golf shirt? Like you had no, a t-shirt on, but that's the, that's the thing I've noticed. It's really funny. I started hosting these range events and then by the fourth one, I almost quit. Yeah. Because it was a lot of work. It's expensive. Uh, it's an investment for me. And I was kind of like getting tired of it. Right. Stressful. Right. Um, and then I finally was like, all right, let me just do one more and let me just see what happens. And that one, we had like 25 people show up and everybody was dressed to the T's. They're all wearing baggy pants. They were all wearing designer shirts. Yeah. And I, my wife was there and I was like, you seen this shit? She's like, yeah. And I was like, this is bigger than just hitting golf shots. We're actually changing the way people dress, talk, look, and the world may not see it right now, but I'm seeing this in live form and i'm seeing a change in the people that i'm around yeah and you know all of a sudden then you see like obviously you see the jason day and all this stuff changing and people yeah. are talking about how he put on baggy pants i ain't gonna count matt did uh help me step my little game my little dress up a little bit i was always i was never that big in the fashion as much i'm i mean i'll just i'm good with some slim fit jeans a nice little black tee throw a fitted cap on something mm -hmm. Messing with Matt got me with some baggy pants and some little, you know, got me in the oversized fit stuff. Uh, I mean, that's I that's that's my look, hoodie. right? Like I've always been into streetwear, high fashion. Uh, somebody made a comment to me the other day, they're like, "Yo, you're high fashion." I'm like, "No, I'm not, bro. I'm just me. I'm fashion. I love clothes." Right, right. One day you might see me dressing like this. The other day you might see me in a super tailored outfit, right? Yeah. And that's the thing is like, this is a designer shirt essentially. These are free 
uh, thrifted jeans, right. Wrangler jeans from like 15 years they ago. They made the ones with the hole in it. Nah, these ones, these are covered up. I knew I was going to be on camera. <laughs> Fuck that. But um, that's what fashion is, is being able to curate anything you want and feeling comfortable. Yeah. So whenever I golfed, I was just like, I don't feel comfortable wearing nut huggers. I'm right. sorry. You know? Yeah. And I was like, I want my pants to fit a little bit bigger. I want my shirt to feel a little bit bigger. I actually think it's more comfortable. So to see the change in my friendships, to see the change in, in you, you know, yeah. I love it. Because for me, what I need to have, what needs to happen for me is to have more people to understand what I'm trying to do, to understand the way I want to look. Right. And the more people that are supporting it, it only helps me grow what I'm trying to accomplish. I, it's going to take me a little while to get it on the golf course. We'll I don't you. know how that's so we'll comfortable. But, nah. but, you know, golf fashion is always kind of trailed a little bit behind, like, regular fashion. More than a little bit. Uh, yeah, a lot. You're right, a lot. Um, but so what do you see, like, the future in? Because with, like, Roger, he had his denim. I, I don't even know. I mean, just came together that I wore this denim fit, talking about, like. A Canadian tuxedo on right now. Exactly. Uh, and I'm six. Shout out to him. Um is there going to be a dress code in golf, or is now we're just going to like? Is that something? Thing so this is what's going to happen, and I and I've said it a lot. I think I talked about you before. Is like we're in this streetwear phase, right? So everybody's wearing sweatpants and t-shirts, right? Because they're trying to break the rules. Yeah, it's like it's exactly what I've done to start when I use using social media. Is you disrupt, and then you prove a point. So their disruption right now is to say like we're not for the country clubs. We're going to wear what we want. So people are wearing jeans, sweatpants, and T-shirts. Right. Again, with the influencers and their audience is that people evolve. Right. You're not going to always wear fucking sweatpants, okay? When you, You're going to get to an age where you got to go to a bunch of weddings and you got to put on a nice suit. Right. So that's what's going to happen to me is that the tour is going to embrace this look. They're going to start wearing shit bag here. You're going to see the ads changing, going back to like a more of a 90s look. But then... You get invited to a really exclusive private club one day. Yeah. And you want to look good. Right. And you really, it, it, it obviously is like a acquired look to have baggier clothes, but um, there's specific environments where you, you want to look like that, but you also want to cater to feeling comfortable and um, being in an environment where, you know, you, you feel good. Right, right. And I think what's going to happen is like, there's something to be said about wearing a really nice dress shirt, tucking it in really nice slacks and some nice new golf shoes and playing Riviera, for example. Yeah. Along the amount. Yeah. I don't care how comfortable I am in a t-shirt and sweatpants. I don't want to go to a club like that looking like that. that. No. So I think like, yeah. You feel comfortable. I mean, even though that's what you're comfortable in, you just, it just, uh, you just going to have, it's going to be weird. Yeah. And that's the thing is that like, it's going to evolve again. And that's what like fashion is. That's what it does is it goes back and forward, back and forward. So like 10 years ago, it was like, super baggy pants because that was the normal look and then we went to skinny jeans. It always, it always come back. And it's, it's just all that it's doing is going back and forth. So people to say that they invented the look or I started, no, that shit has been like that forever, bro. Right. You know? Yeah. And, but that's what's going to happen with golf fashion is that like we're in this phase, it's slowly changing where you're seeing it at all scales. Yeah. Like Metalwood just did a new shoe drop and their whole entire catalog was like super baggy pants, right? Yeah. And everyone, and they, I messaged one of the homies there, and I was like, yo, you guys killed this shit. Um, but again, there's something to be said about going to a really nice club and dressing really well. And for me, when I want to look really good at a specific course, I'm probably not going to wear like these jeans on a fucking golf course. Yeah. I'm going to wear some really nice tailored je- pants, 
I'm going to wear a really nice polo and like a cashmere sweater to feel comfortable, to look good, but right. also to look professional. Yeah, yeah. Bro, you talked about too, like, when we talked about like golf trends, it, it lags in catching up with fashion, right? Yeah. Um, and I was talking to somebody about this too, how interesting it is. I, I read a book from uh, Jordan and they Phil Knight and those guys that design like Jordan brand and all the shoes and things. And Jordan was like, dude, we look at women's fashion because men's fashion follows behind that. Like it's so he's like, that's what we kind of look at. Now I was talking to somebody like for us, especially in like the black culture too, we think we kind of lead in a lot of this stuff, but a lot of our fashions come from like the skateboard fashion. Hell yeah. Like it was, we were wearing baggy jeans and we we're looking at the skateboard kids like they were weird with the tight jeans on. And then Lil Wayne came out with the truck fit and the crazy skinny leather oh, yeah. pants and kite. And then we started catching up with that. And then once we got the skinny jeans on, the skateboard kids started wearing like the baggy pants again and like kind of went into that. Like what leads fashion for you? Like what do you see? How did like, how does it trend in fashion? So for you? it's really funny you ask that. I always tell friends, I cater to your girlfriend. Yeah. Meaning like the accessories and the brands that I wear, you may not know, but your girl knows. And it's just like a funny take on it. Shoot, but, that's why I wear the tight pants for that girl. Exactly. You know? exactly. <laughs> but um, I try not to look online at like what people are wearing and what people are doing. Right. right. I follow like a couple specific people that I really look up to, which is like um, ASAP Rocky is like my fashion yeah. joke. Um, locally being from Toronto, like I have a personal relationship with my boy Nico. Mm -hmm. and he's an absolute trend setting culture leader of fashion and anything that he's been involved in. Yeah. And I'm a product of that environment being from Toronto. Um, there's just a couple people like Pharrell, you know, I look up to people like that where they, they preach on like, just believe in your dream and like be what you want. Look, which look how you want. And then whatever happens happens. So like, you know, people are following these trends and trying to make things cool. And somebody hit me up yesterday. They're like, yo, I'm trying to make golf cool right now. Like, you know, let's support each other. I'm like, I'm not trying to make this game cool. Right. This game has always been cool. Yeah. You know? The it's game just, itself. It, the game itself has always been cool. That's the reason why everybody's fucking playing. Right. What's been turning people off is the how it's been presented to us and how Facts. accessible it's been. Facts. That isn't I cool. like that. That's dope, yeah. That is the biggest difference in what I see is that, like, we're not trying to make this game cool. Nobody can make... Being cool is not cool. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't cool, s someone like you from St. Louis... Yeah. I forget you're the city, like... Like the, East St. Louis. East St. Louis probably shouldn't have been golfing growing up. Right. He's been playing golf his whole life and has survived and has grinded and has made a very good life for himself. I started golf at 23 years old, bro. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't be playing either. Yeah. And I've been able to just survive and create a life for myself and do something that I enjoy and that I love. And, you know, we've had a great friend. You and I have had a friendship for 12 plus years and we've seen a lot, you know, through yeah. this game. But um, we're just trying to live our lives and have fun and we don't follow trends. We just doing what we want to do. Right. And what you said was so dope too, because like golf is cool. Like everybody that I know that has access to the game of golf, that has a competitive spirit or like a, a mastery mindset, um, they love the game of golf. Like they pick, as soon as they pick it up, they, as long as they have access, like, cause I introduced golf to a whole bunch of kids. Hell yeah. All that. They have fun with it here and there. When I travel for a tournament in Atlanta, I travel for a tournament in Chicago, 
introduce them. But then after that, they don't have no access to the game. Like how they that that part isn't cool. Right, that's still not cool for it. But the game itself has always actually, been cool, bro. Yeah, like come on, man. Like Tiger Jordan, all these dudes have been playing forever. Right. Tell me, Michael Jordan hasn't been cool for the last thirty years playing golf when yeah, he was no. in the NBA. And I, I played basketball in high school, so I mean, I ain't grow up to be six six or anything like that. But hey, I was a hooper. I was a hooper. Don't don't fucking play. All right, all right. I know you be trying to do something. I, I'm trash. We gonna have a game. I don't as long as you know. No, I don't want to smoke with you. <laughs> but, dude, like I would, I love basketball. Like I love the cheerleaders. I love the the crowd. Like getting hype with them and competing like that. But then when summertime came, it was golf season. I love golf, right? And then so I came back to you know back to school and had tryouts. And the coach for basketball, and the coach was like, "Where you been?" I was like, "Dog, you saw me. I was on national TV at Pebble Beach playing golf." And he's like, well, we were in the gym working out all summer, and you weren't there. Like, dude, I'm not going to be stuck in the gym. Like, golf is so different because you can put me in a gym anywhere in the world, and I wouldn't know where I'm at, right? Yeah. Um, you can put me on the football field anywhere in the world, and it's it's basically the same shit. Yeah. Golf, you're in Canada. You're in the mountains. You're chilling. You're in the desert in Arizona. Every shot's different. You're, you get to explore the environment a little bit more to spend time with people. Like golf is just such a different game than any other game in the world. That yeah, I just it's, so, even... it's so relatable in the way where, like, I forget what that Monday is in, um, what's that PGA Tour Monday where your college team played? Oh, Cherry Blossom. Cherry Blossom. Yeah. So, like, I remember I played there one time, and I took a picture that I was there, and you hit me up, and you gave me a map of how to play the course. Yeah. You can't do that in any other sport. Right. You helped me play, still play like shit, because you gave me bad information. You be giving bad information all Poor execution. Bad information everybody. Poor execution, because. But that's the shit that's so relatable about this game. And that's, people don't know that side of how cool the game is, because not everybody plays professional golf. Right. And it's chasing Mondays. Yeah. But, like, this is a brotherhood where we're super competitive, but we're always able to help each other. Yeah. Um, we went to Thailand together that one year. Yeah, that was great. We played night golf together night for the golf. first time. That was the what's the name of that course? In Tiny City, Tana City is Tana City, yeah. And like for us to do that, what was that six, seven years ago? Right. Bro, golf took us from Florida all the way to Thailand. Bro, we were in Daytona Beach struggling. Yeah. And we were able to go to Thailand. We've been all over. And like that's the beauty of the game. And I just think like this whole you know, growing the game and making it cool was was authentic to start right but just like anything in the business world you evolve into a way to capture an audience and to capitalize that's right. where this fucking game has always been cool man yeah like just because you didn't know about it is why people say it wasn't cool yeah once you got into it especially during covid um everybody's playing yeah. I think there's like a 700% growth of this game in the world because of how many people played bro but now they starting to fuck it up because now the prices are going back up. The access, they're shutting down access to it more. They're, I mean, it's crazy. It's got to come back down. Like they, they really. I know well, that economics. That's that's, that's like again. That's that's human nature. That's our own fault because yeah. when something becomes popular, the world overmarkets it, rides it out, and then everything has to go up, right? right? And it's in a tough time right now where we're not, you know, the economy isn't great. And everything is so expensive, especially in Scottsdale. Like, Man, it's crazy. Fucking membership here is half a million dollars. You can play golf. I'm just out here practicing. I just be Get playing virtual golf now. Right. So 
that's the hard part of the game is that like how do you give people access to specific places and the answer to that is you have people like you people like me and these other people in this community that are chasing our dreams where if we could be you know we don't need all of us to be successful because that's not how the game is no i ain't but as long as a handful can make it and actually make a change and want to give back to people um it, it slowly evolves so all right Purse perfect they're talking about you know giving back and helping people and wanting like a couple guys to make it here uh sniper gang my guys so throw them up let's talk about let's just talk about sniper gang let's shout them out a couple people so we got gabe and kiko, kiko. we're both yes, at asu that's like a top 10 school in the nation yeah we got my young boy oliver who's a top high school golfer my boy boston boston who's yeah. who's a great golfer and he's trying to go to college um, but he's also one of the best dressed kids you'll meet. Right. We got Santi. Santi, yeah. Uh, from Colombia. Um, he's in the golf world right now, and he's trying to become a pro golfer. Right. Obviously, you, you and me. Who else is there? Am I forgetting? I mean, that's kind of everybody the, equally is important. We just everybody's equally good, but that's the that's like the main <laughs> foundation of what we created, and yeah. it's been great because like. You know, I talked about it on another podcast a while ago. How we're all able to help each other and benefit. Yeah. Um, I benefit because I host these range events and every single one of them and you have been to almost every single event. Yeah. And that matters to me because that's all I really need. And then in return, it's like we're able to bless these guys with opportunities of entertainment and networking. And the dinner we have is a perfect example. Yeah. That's just yeah, no Tolka. Shout out to Tolka. So Tolka, they put it, they rolled out the red carpet. I mean, obviously uh, with you, with you, but that that was nice. But that's some shit that like I could post a a, a photo on Instagram. But, but you had to be there yeah, to know what we were there. doing. Yeah. We showed ten golfers under the age of twenty one a dinner, a dining experience that they've never had. Right. And and then we had my boy Freeland show up and give everybody baseball tickets. Yeah. We had the homies at Quiet Golf give everybody clothes. Close. Yeah. Uh, we had. Groove it, rush. Sure not a hat was tight. Uh, yeah, I rocked it. Um, I need my own collab with them, by the way, Diego. But um, but yeah, man, that's like the shit we're trying to do is that we're trying to create a culture for, again, a niche group of people. Yeah, that we want to help. Yeah, yeah. And then I need help too, right? Right. And that's the thing with me is I like, I could do shit more for the mass. I could pull swing videos every day. I could do brand deals. And I could do what everyone else is doing. How many truly gonna be able to impact like as much? I want to see one. You know, my biggest thing for me is to say, I want to help a young kid get on tour, and I want him to say, "Yo, my favorite player and my biggest motivation was the way was Matt Kang, right? Who was there with me every step away. I can call him. He he did this for me. Audit. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then that's the thing. Like you and me, we've been friends for twelve years. We've helped each other so much. And that shit pisses me off because people don't know like how much we put into our careers and all we're trying to do is see each other win, man. Yeah. Like we're in individual sports, but it doesn't mean I don't want to see my brothers win. Yeah. That's the tough part with like the social media stuff too, right? Like you, you can only show so much. Like I can't show, I mean, I try to do a little bit here and there where like that day I'm caddying. I got a tournament at the Farmers Insurance Open, right? Yeah. Or Invitational at the toughest course on tour. But all winter, I got to focus on caddying and make some money. Like, I'm caddying on the side. I'm you should have been practicing out. shots out of those rough. Yeah, because that rough was was rough. That was David Ruffin, for sure. Well, I shouldn't have been in the rough. But no. um, 
Yeah, I mean, doing all them different hustles like that, it's a grind out here, dog. But, you know, the range events are so dope because they remind me of what we, how we started out so there. We met. In, how we met on the range. I don't even know how it initially happened, but I heard somewhere you came up talking shit and we played some game or something. You guys had, I forget what the tour name, but it was. Uh, the Florida Pro Golf Tour. Yeah, and it was at Pelican Bay in Daytona Beach. Oh, that's right. And I remember it was you, Shep. And Willie. Yeah. And I, the reason why I came up to talk to you guys was because I heard Shep hitting a golf ball. Now, I didn't look at where the ball was going because <laughs> that motherfucker can't hit a straight ball for his life. Hey, Shepard Archie is one of the most impressive golfers you ever We all made a bet. Nobody be, knows. We all made a bet that he'd be the first player on tour. Yeah. Every shot he hit, you're going to be amazed by. The sound is. The sound is made. Now, once you see it, you're still going to be amazed at how amazingly good or amazingly bad, bad it is because that mug it'll go all over the place that, that motherfucker has the most talent that was my he just that doesn't know how to use it <laughs> <laughs> but um but i remember i was at pelican bay that was the first day i drove straight from toronto to daytona beach i woke up i went to the range i saw you three there and i went up to you guys and i was just like yo man i'm just this like new golfer i'm trying to find some friends and you gave me your number and we went to LPG in, uh, International the next day. Yeah. And I just kicked it with you, and then we would go to that little three. Wait, did I win that tournament? Yeah, you did. I think you did. He going to skip around it, little 64. I think it shot 64. Yeah. 64. But, uh, but that's a blue leg golf course, though. Whatever. Right, you ain't but, um, beat me. But we went to LPG International, and you guys invited me, and I remember I met Kim. Uh, Kim Wong. I forget. Uh, Clay. Clay Joyner? Yeah, we all went to that. No, no, Clay Meyer. No, no Clay Joyner. Clay Joyner. Clay Joyner. And we went to that three-hole practice area, and we would play money games, and you guys would kick my ass. Yeah. And for the next three or four years, I would go spend summers in Toronto. Yeah. Drive back down to Florida, get super motivated, be like, all right, I'm all Christian, busting his ass on his like golf course, and practicing too. And I would never, it, I never won. No, I never won at the start. Bro, I miss them days so much, bro. That, so, even in my the home course I grew up on in Grand Mariah. I want to bring some type of practice facility, like give, just to give players access, right? Like where they had the range, the chipping area with the bunker, the three holes that you can just play and just get get better. Like, dang, man, then we'll get time. But, yeah, we talked. Much like on the range, playing, just putting yeah. games. That's how I really learned, like, how to practice and get to another level, like playing under pressure, playing y'all in steer with the holes for $5, which was all we had, or which is a lot. To, as I want to say, it was all yeah, we had. No, it was a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, look at it. People might think, think you know, a lot of people call me an underachiever in this sport, and I'm like, yo, I'm 23 years old. Or I started golf at 23 years old. I didn't know. I never played a golf tournament until I was 25. That's crazy. I Monday qualified on the Corn Ferry Tour by the time I was 30. Which I never, I ain't, I ain't. Like, I've had my card on the PGA Tour Latin America for the last two years. Yeah. I just got conditional status on Japan. You played on the European Tour. Yeah. You've had Canadian Tour status. And it's like people have no idea how much work it took to even have those accolades to our name. Right. And and that's the other thing is like we're in this new world of golf where it's dis- we're distracted by the influencers and the branding. Right. Like people don't even know the resume that you've acquired over the last decade. Yeah. And, you know, the game's not going to feel bad for you. Right. Like, it is what it is. But those are moments that you got to be proud of that I got to be proud of that we've accomplished because that started off by just like a couple kids in Daytona talking shit hitting a thousand golf balls a day. Yeah. Then now we, we can't even get through a hundred. No, we can't. I'm, this, my back ain't going to do it. Get Fuck old, no. Getting old. That's a hey, we went from Daytona 
down to Orlando, and I came and, out here. Yeah, you came out here. Doug's out here, um, and now we're all. You know, I got a kid. Doug's got a kid. I work. Uh, you working on it? Yeah, yeah. I ain't preventing it. I know that. It's just <laughs> <laughs> I ain't preventing it. So but we'll see what happens. That's that's the journey of like this game. And if that shit ain't cool to you. I mean, we're all grown men now. We're living life and we're all still talking, living, carrying our clubs everywhere we go. We all have families now. And, and it's just like the stories that we have, dog. Like, it's a group. Well, nah. I'm, I'm just talking about it. We ain't gonna say no names, but Matt Kang and his shit talking has got us into some stuff. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't blame this on you so much. But we yeah, out at me. Disney with the, with the cops getting called on us with somebody that is very well known. Yeah, so this is we'll talk oh, about it. That was funny. I'm Maybe gonna... like nine years ago, she was it. I won a bunch of yeah, money games, and this motherfucker didn't pay me. So like six months goes by, and I was like, "Yo, let's play with this dude." What are we talking about? We probably not talking about a lot of money. No, we're talking about like twenty dollars. I think it was. Bro. And I was like, if this dude, if this dude don't pay me, like I'm done. I'm never playing with it again. So I purposely, this is gonna sound corny, but I purposely lost a nine hole match to see if he'd ask me for money. Right. And he did, and somehow it just got heated and out of control. And and again, I don't do this anymore. So this was the young. This was in your previous life. But um, you've been saved. Pulled up with the goons, and threatened to fight me at Disney World. So I did what I had to do, and I had to disarm the man. And um, cops came. We got banned from Disney. World. Bro, we looked so bad. We looked so hella stupid. We drove around. First, y'all made a big scene. It was just a, a big scene going on on the, <laughs> on the driving range. And Disney has, like, two courses. And uh, one of the courses they had closed down for some reason. Um, so we everybody had to come over to Palm where, to practice and warm up before they started playing. So it was more people than normal. It was like 60 people over here hitting balls. And Matt and this other guy, uh, character number two, is out here cussing each other out, throwing clubs, got the phone in somebody's face, and character number two got his phone in Matt's face, like uh, FaceTiming somebody, like, hey, this him right here, we're going to beat his ass. Yeah. And... <laughs> I had to disarm him. He had to disarm him. I did so mad. Yeah, that was funny there. And that was crazy because that was the last time I realized, like, I can't let my emotions take over for me. Yeah. Um. At the end of the day, I got to defend myself. Right. Crazy because it was at Disney World. And that was the world yeah, star yeah, hip-hop Disney. era where, like, I remember waking up. I'm like, yo, my ass is going to be on world star tomorrow. That's funny there. But um, the cops saw us on the side of the street, like, because we were on the side on number whatever hole it was. They came around. And I just remember him and his brother coming out and dreads just flowing. Just like, I was like, God damn, this man really came crazy. out here for beef. And we just, <laughs> Matt gets out the car and just grabs his club, grabs a club out the cart. If anybody comes out, I'm like, swinging. And it, oh, man, they just running around in circles. We got old white people running by, going through us. The place Kari was there. And I'm just like, go ahead, y'all. I'm sorry. Just go ahead. That shit took like at least an hour and a half. It was an hour and a half. Yeah. And then it kind of finally settled down. But I turned that into a blessing because after that, I was like, you know what? My focus is to now be in a better place. I ended up joining the Ritz-Carlton. I got a really good deal. Literally, I thought you were say joining the church. I mean, I did join the church. <laughs> sure, I was praying to God every day. But... um. You know, you live and you learn, and 
Yeah. Everybody think golf for soft. They think golf easy, non-contact. We I'm hard, dog. Oh. Pause. Pause. Yeah, it's pause. But um, yeah. yeah, no, that's some funny shit, man. I was a young boy, causing problems. Thirty-five years old now, still causing problems. Bro, I don't think that was you, though. I don't think that was mm-hmm. now the Dobson Ranch. A couple. Oh months my ago. god, that might have been you. We had a kid there. pull up to Dobby a month ago, and we had a trap draw contest. This is like a stock shot that I hit, and all you had to do was hit a trap draw for a for a giveaway. Right. And this motherfucker did not hit one. He hooked it, and all I said was, um. Yo, you didn't hit a trap draw. Just hit another one, and I'll let you leave with a prize. Right. Homeboy snapped on me, and within 10 minutes, he sent messages out to people that we knew that he was pulling up with a strap ready to throw Everybody down. Can't so, it, man. Everybody can't handle this shit talk. No, man. You it's, better be strapped. That's what you better do. You better have a nine right but nine iron and nine steel. I got one of those around me at all times. In the back. So, all right, y'all. Let them know. I mean, that's crazy how like so, how serious people take this game, you know? Yeah. Um, I try to t- not try not to take it too serious. I think that's probably my issue is that like I take it so, I I do things so calmly that like maybe I say things too easy. Yeah. Piss a lot of people off. Yeah. But at the same time, if I'm not myself, I'm not gonna be interested in this game. Yeah. So I feel you. Oh shoot, man! I think we about you know read through. What we need to talk to for the first flush hour. Yeah, man. This is kind uh, of an introduction of like what we wanted to talk about, what we wanted to what we want to do in the future. But yeah, just give you a gist, talk about a little bit of everything. Um, I would say from this first episode too, the biggest thing that I'll nugget I hope that y'all get from it is and that I've took away from it is golf is cool. Like golf is cool. It's just the things around it that's not cool. The access to the game of golf is not cool. The the gatekeepers of the game are are, are cool, you know. Um, the obstacles that they aren't cool, but the game itself don't need to be changed. The game itself is dope. It's the greatest game in the world, and I think we're an identity of a culture that we have we don't see in the game. Right. Like you look at this right now. We got a Korean kid from Toronto, you know, a black golfer from St. Louis, and it's like we are an identity for a lot of people that look up to you and me, and we are a voice for maybe it's one person, maybe it's a million people. Right. But um. I think our job as grown men now is to honestly is to push our careers to the highest level so that we could actually make an impact. Yeah. But now it's also to speak on things because there are people that I know that like look up to you for advice. And if we don't make a change now, we never will. Right. Well, shoot, yeah, I heard it from, from yourself right there. And that's us, Christian Heavens. Matt Kank, flush hour, baby. Flush hour, we out. <laughs>